You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back, everybody, once again to the Oz Network. As we move into the penultimate episode of season four of Third Watch, an exclusive Third Watch coverage. This episode is called Closing In. First aired on the 21st of April 2003, written by Scott Williams, directed by Felix Enriquez Alcala. You know I like saying his name. It's fun. It's exciting. Uh, and this episode, yep. is it fun and exciting? You'll soon find out when we talk about it. My name is Ben, and my sex life is none of your business. Good, I wasn't even going to ask. My name is Darvell, and you are too young to be intimate! Damn it. Sorry. I'll stop doing what I'm doing then. Um, this episode, again, I think is very much on the, the vein of last week. Um... It's a decent episode. It's not terrible. It's not brilliant. It's kind of a lot of setup, I guess, at the end of the day. Um, so, right. yeah, I mean, it's, uh, this week and last week are kind of very interchangeable to me. They're, they're almost just like one episode. <laughs> like it's, you know, there's not a whole lot going on in the fact that you're thinking like, wow, I want to talk about this episode in five years time or something like that. So, uh, here we are talking about it 15 years in time, whatever. But, um, yeah, you know, you know, sort what I'm of reminds to say, right? me of episode. Yeah, it sort of reminds me of episodes three and four, um, to protect and crash and burn, where there really isn't much to say. Yeah, necessarily. Yeah, that's that's a that's a probably a good good comparison there, Darvell. I like that. It's yeah. I mean, look, we need these episodes because obviously we have got to set ourselves up. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, you're not going to be talking about these in the same breadth of uh, breadth of greatest episodes of third watch i think we can pretty much swing through this one pretty comfortably and pretty easily because i think we we all want to get into next week next week's the one where we're really going to be talking about stuff but um we start off the episode oh yeah fred and yokus fighting about her abortion uh that's yokus's abortion um and obviously fred uh questioning about emily knowing um she mentions that um uh, they should have the talk with emily fred says they've already had the talk it was last year uh yokus asked where was i and where you always were like kind of again we're just playing the same at work duh. playing the same note we get it yokus is always at work um Meanwhile, we've got Bosco, uh, no. I like that it's making her realize, though, just how much she's missed out on. Yeah, true. But it's still at the, s- I- at the same time, like, we get it. We know it. We've already been over this this season. I don't get why we're still going on this. One thing, though, that I, I kind of always find interesting is, is Fred and his opinion of Bosco. Because, like, while these two have never exactly been besties, they don't seem to absolutely despise each other. They kind of have a, a not yet. an interesting relationship. We obviously, you know, saw that with the car situation back in season two and kind of this, that, and everything else. But I don't get why all of a sudden the way Fred here is kind of like, you know, Bosco, it's going to be nice not having him snoop around our lives anymore. Like, he just kind of goes from a bit of a middle ground, middle ground relationship with Bosco to basically hating him all of a sudden out of nowhere. Um, so I find yeah, it it's interesting. A, it is a, it is rather it is rather abrupt. Although I'll just say this: come come next season. I mean, if he doesn't, if he didn't like hate him now, you know, come next season. I'll just say this for now: he would have had every right. Oh, to. absolutely. I mean, I think that's the whole point with it. But I mean, I just think right now, though, it's like. Why do we have to have this all of a sudden? I don't, I don't understand it. Um, but I guess they're trying to make it seem like he all along was right for hating. I don't know. Um, or maybe he, maybe he, I mean, did he know up before this point? Did he know 
that uh, that Bosco learned of Faith's abortion first. No, well, this is what he says in this scene. He said Bosco knows. Like this is when he sort of is questioning Yokus about like, well, why does Bosco know about this? Because that's when he says like, oh, you know, I'm close with Jimmy down at work, but he doesn't even know. Um, so is this is this Fred hanging out with uh, Jimmy the firefighter? Is that where Jimmy is? He's got another job. Um, that he's, Maybe. that's why we never see him. Maybe. Um, <laughs> um, Who knows? Yeah, I'd like to see that secretly. Fred and Jimmy hanging out down at the um, delivery service, whatever. What does Fred do again? I don't even know at this point. He's had so many different jobs. Yeah. I've forgotten. Uh, yeah, I think he's a delivery man um, or something like that. Yeah. Um, something similar. Yeah, something like that. But I do like how kind of... The one thing I do like here is how Fred is like, oh, it's going to be good not having him snooping around our life anymore. And we cut to Bosco snooping um, at Cruz's house. <laughs> so Cruz and Bosco have uh, obviously still been hooking up. And this is where Bosco finds the notebook that Cruz uh, claims that she doesn't have or that doesn't, doesn't exist, essentially. Um, and we get Cruz coming out of the shower uh, saying that we've got to hurry. Um, and then I do kind of like the little back and forth the way, like, you just jump out of bed and right back into charge, don't you? And she's all like, I am in charge. And I said, move your ass. And speaking of asses, we get to see Cruz's bum, um, just very slightly here. Um, so this week and next week, third watch, definitely pushing with the senses, um, for what they couldn't, mm-hmm. couldn't show, um, at this time slot, um, throughout this time. Uh, we have the credits. Willie G is being questioned. He wants some coffee. Good for him. Uh, he wants to shove a dollar in uh, Cruz's... Hey, coffee's, coffee's good. In uh, Cruz's G-string. Bosco knocks the chair out from underneath him, gets a little bit uh, stroppy with him, and uh, we find out a little bit more about Buford here as well. Willie G talking about him, that he's the godfather of the California drug trade. And uh, for some reason now he's involved in New York, um, something like that. Uh, Willie G gets his bail posted. He has a bit of a quip at Dade. Um, and then we hear that Noble is still locked up and they're going to go make sure that he gets uh, gets out. Now, we are then here into Emily and Fred and Yokus, and I'm assuming this is maybe what you are talking about last week about being a bit on Emily's side here. Essentially, this is just a conversation between all three of them. Uh, talking about Emily's sex life, um, and, uh, Yoka's sort of getting a bit angry. You're a child, Emily. You don't have a sex life. Um, and then like, Fred like, basically stands up. Yeah, not so, yeah, not, not so much on Emily's side, so to speak, now that I've really thought about it, but I'm definitely not with Yoka's here either. Like, woman, take, come on. Even, <laughs> Even I can, even I can. Even you can. How? I, I was gonna. That wasn't a I was slapping sound. I mean, even, 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 even I can. Was it dark, even I can. <laughs> like come, like come. I was, I was, cla- I was like, I was clapping my hands. All right, like, just checking. Like, it sounded like on, you like, said woman on, with what? a slapping sound. It is 2018 now, Darby. Yeah. <laughs> Like, like, come on, like, come on, woman, take your blinders off. I mean, even I can, even I can see that 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 you're. That Emily is clearly that that Emily is clearly active. Well, look, I <laughs> so take your blinders off, lady. Let's back up here. You've just made a slapping sound, said woman, and then did you just imply that Emily's a bit of a slut? 
<laughs> Even I can see that she's a little bit active. Now, look, I, I'm just going to point the obvious out here, Darvell. When a blind man says that a girl is a little bit active, um, now... <laughs> <laughs> okay, what are you trying to point out here? <laughs> you just called Emily a slut. Uh, <laughs> read between the lines. <laughs> no, no, I just said, I just said she is, uh, she is. She is sexually active. I'm totally and Faith joking. is wearing. I'm totally ripping. I know, into and, you. and and Faith, and and Faith is, and Faith needs to take her blinders off. This is what I meant when I said I am not really on Faith's side here. <laughs> you know all this. You're a child, Emily. You don't have a sex life. Like, okay, yeah, I can. Okay, yeah. Well, uh, she's a. She's a teenager, and that's when we start, you know, noticing noticing things. That's that's when we start. Some of us may experiment in that way. And Faith, your daughter clearly is. Excuse me. So, <laughs> I think at the end of the day, we, we talked off. a little bit about this last week, and the fact that this is, you know, clearly one of these situations where parents of teenagers, you know, always generally have to face up to the fact that one day they're at that age where they will become sexually active for the most part. Um, and look, as a not a parent myself, you're not a parent, we've never experienced this. Uh, we may or may not have no. experienced this on the other side of things. That's a whole other kettle of fish. But I think that it's... It's done well, like it's, it's very, it's done very well. And I do like the way Fred kind of stands in here and says, you know, like he kind of takes control here to kind of diffuse the situation, uh, to which obviously Yokus is not too happy about. But, um, you know, the thing that. Yeah, because she'd much rather keep pretending. The one thing that I always find very interesting in this situation, because it's something I've never experienced in my life, but the way you always have in these TV shows where parents are like, I want you to feel comfortable enough coming to me and asking for contraception. Like, at what point does a child go, oh, fuck, I'm really horny, I want to have sex. Mom, Dad, can I have a condom? Like, like that doesn't happen. Like, I'm, <laughs> perhaps it does in very close families. I'm Tasmanian, I know all about close families. We're not that close. So, like, I just, it's, it baffles me that they think this is okay, legitimately Okay, okay, perhaps that is a bit of a stretch, but I think what's generally implied with that kind of statement is that, you know, if you have, you know, hey, if you have questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If there's anything you want to know, then, I want though, you to be comfortable then, with asking Can I just me. pull you out there? Questions. Mom, Dad, so I was having sex with my partner the other day, uh, and we couldn't reach a climax. And, uh, uh, and how and do she, I do that? And, and she, and she asked me, and she asked me to go down yeah. on her. <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, what does that mean exactly? <laughs> um, look again, or, I'm sure uh, very she, close families, like. <laughs> Uh, okay, my, my, <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, my, I mean, I was always, I was always pretty close, I was always pretty close with, well, I mean, one of my, one of my parents more than the other, not going to say which, not going to say which is which, um, but, but there were some things that, there were even some things that, even with that, there were some things I didn't ask them. Yeah. I guess at the end of the day, it's it's buying I trust. I would have been it's showing that level of trust where you know they're 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 making it that way, and it's kind of you know it's it's like it's one of those things where you know we may have a friend who we're not entirely close with, but we still care enough about them to talk to them about it, and they're right. maybe having a bit of a rough time. And you always say, "Look, if you ever need me, I'm here to help." 
and you know that that friend isn't going to come to you for help, that friend knows that, you know, I don't know you well enough to open up to you. But you've at least put it out there. You've offered. You've been polite. You've you've established that level right. of trust. And that's kind of what this is. I mean, realistically, Emily's never going to come to them and ask for a condom. She's never going to ask, how do I go down on Eric? I don't know. Like, it's just kind of, that's what it's going to be. But it's establishing if that level of If she were to ask either, if she were to, if she were to ask either one of her parents, though, I mean, let's be real, she'd be more likely to ask Fred. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and even then, like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting. Uh, <laughs> so, yes. Uh, meanwhile, Aaron is getting let out. He mentions that he has had to spend all night convincing uh, Willie G that he didn't do it. Um, he, uh, gets through, he gets all his stuff there. He corrects Cruz, uh, for her grammar, um, which is, ex- <laughs> which is exciting. Um, I do love the way he kind of like, he's talking about a pseudonym, um, and, you know, going off like, that means a false name. Um, and is essentially, uh, talking a little bit about, uh, Buford and what he knows, finds out that there's only three notebooks um, saying that uh, he, they'll hear from his attorney for uh, losing the notebook and Bosco obviously questions Cruz again um, you know three notebooks and the, there was only three um, so yeah that's uh, a little bit interesting and Cruz and Bosco are going to go off and see Willie again and meanwhile here we go we're going to meet for the very first time Miss Neil Long Sasha Munro uh, she is with being partnered up with Yokus for the time. She's happy to get off midnights. We get a bit of a scene here with uh, Davis and Sasha. Uh, we find out Davis is all play, no stay. Um, and Yokus and Monroe, we're going to call Sasha and Monroe, as always, we alternate between calling them between their first and last names. So they want to, they work out who's going to be driving between both Yokus and, uh, Sasha and kind of moving forward. Now, I always forget that they basically only have one day here of being partnered up, don't they? Uh, and then kind yeah, of. Yeah, that's a shame because they were, they were, they were pretty good together, I thought. Yeah, which is kind of going to be interesting early, like early in together. next season when kind of Sasha comes into it and sort of has a bit of a connection with Yokus. But, uh, here she is, Darvel. Neil Long, as I said last week, maybe the biggest name to be ever introduced to this cast as a main cast member. Um, not obviously, again, talking about what they went on to afterwards, because you would argue people like Bonnie Dennison, Kim Ray, uh, not Bonnie Dennison, Bobby Cannavale, <laughs> Kim Raver, went on to uh, much bigger <laughs> things outside of Third Watch. But, um, yeah, I look, Sasha's an interesting one, and I, I'm kind of sad we don't have Brandy here, because Brandy obviously is a big fan of Sasha as well, and we'll hopefully get her back on during Season 5, some episodes, to talk a little bit more about her. But, look, I... Hope so. I think... She has some very interesting storylines moving forward, and I think that she is... Yes, she does. She's... How do I put this? I don't want to say she's like a very plain cop, because like, you look at each of our cops that we've got at the moment, our main cops, and they've kind of all got their layers and all got their sides, and I'm not saying Sasha doesn't have layers and sides to her, but she's kind of just almost just like a neutral cop there. Generic. Yeah, generic. Generic cop. But like, they kind of flirt that line a little bit in season six, which is good. Um, And ultimately, you know, she does have some good stuff to deal with moving forward. But then again, she does have a storyline with an onion next season. So, uh, you know, let's just uh, wait till we get to that. <laughs> but like, I, 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 what I'm trying to say is I like Sasha. I like Nia Long. I, I like this character. But she's just kind of, yeah, neutral. She's generic. She's She never really gets the meatiness that, you know, Davis, Sully, Yokus, Bosco, uh, Cruz get. Uh, and, like, re- this is, I mean, she's the first, you know, obviously Cruz included. But um, 
the first major cop character they will introduce as sort of almost like a beat cop, essentially, not like Cruz, obviously a bit different being yeah. anti-crime. But, um, I mean, even moving forward when, you know, our next one will be Finney. Um, and look, Finney has his moments, um, but eh, we'll get to Finney. Anyway, the point is, he's Sasha. Uh, is he, is he, is he meh? Just like Grace? <laughs> Yeah, like, no, he's maybe a little bit below meh, because Finney gives me the shit sometimes. Um, but, like, we'll get to Finney. But my point is, I like Sasha. It's good that she's here. As I said last week, I forget that she kind of gets introduced in this season. I always assume she's just a season five person. But, uh, yeah, here we go. Anything you want to add here on Neil Long, a.k.a. Sasha? It's quite, I mean, it's quite easy to, you know, get that confused because she arrives so late mm-hmm. and that she, and i mean it doesn't help that she doesn't really do much no. um this this episode because this is the only season four episode she appears in i don't think she's in the no, season finale the finale and i, I kind of think she's kind of here at the moment as a as a balancing i mean it's kind of one of these convenient characters that are introduced into a show who kind of just happen to be going through a similar thing to one of our major characters and can give them words of wisdom on how to deal with it because we're going to get that with sort of how she's raising her niece sort of moving forward but I, I I would love to know, and maybe if we ever lucky enough to... I don't think we'll ever get Neil Long on the show, but if we get somebody sort of around casting or something on the show, you know, was it planned for her to maybe just be a one-off character here? They liked her so much, they enjoyed working with her, or they offered her a role and she accepted it, or, you know, was this always a plan to bring her back in Season 5 as a major character? Because, as you said, she's not in the season finale. She's kind of here as a one-off appearance. So, um, yeah, I, I would be intrigued to find out you know, just if she was always intended as being brought in. So, um, yeah, and and I think it's it's going to be interesting to really kind of move forward and talk a little bit more about her because this is really yeah. part of the beginning of, you know, I've always, and we'll talk about this no doubt in a couple of weeks and we do our preview of Season 5 at our Season 4 recap, but, you know, sort of Season 1 and Season 2 are very much interconnected. I'd even maybe add Season 3 sort of, half in there season three and four then all together are kind of these transitional seasons as a whole and then five and six kind of really bring us into those ending you know differences of third watcher it's really just fully a cop show so we're really now transitioning into that ending period i feel with the introduction of sasha here yeah yeah so anyway so we then uh where are we up to uh so noble uh, meanwhile, uh, is showing up because we've got Kim and Carlos talking about the fact that Aaron didn't show up the night before. Noble shows up to, uh, apologize to Kim. I do like Carlos standing up to Noble here. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I like that. I like that too. She looked good too, uh, buddy boy. <laughs> Just the way he kind of does that. Um, we, yeah. we find out that Kim hasn't been stood up since Carlos, junior high. Is that, is that true? Carlos I don't know Cree. if Kim actually was stood up by Jimmy or something like that in the first season. Um, so interesting there. But, uh, obviously no. Carlos pre Nicole West would have never, would have never stood up for Kim. Obviously, like um, yeah, Noble is trying to defend himself here and basically gets, gets through enough to get a second date out of Kim. Uh, apparently at some place. Uh, uptown that you can never get a table at 11.15. Apparently this restaurant is still open at 11.15. I guess it's New York. Um, so, 
Yeah, I mean, you know, gets gets himself out. I would of imagine trouble very quickly. few places close in NYC. Well, I mean, fancy restaurants in uptown. I don't know, but you can't get a table at eleven fifteen. Jesus Christ, could you not go to this restaurant at three a.m. if it's open that late? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how it works. Anyway, I've never been to fancy restaurants in Uptown. I've been to New York, but I'm not quite that fancy. So, um, yeah, anyway. Yeah, um, me neither. So, Cruz and Bosco are following Willie G. He's smashing up a phone. They're going to say they're following him to Buford um, and gets on a bike as he drives off. Uh, meanwhile, Yokus and uh, Monroe deal with a guy who's high on something and um, something I, I guess kind of our neutralness of uh sasha here is you know showing that she's i guess very good with the people she can uh talk this guy out of hanging around a banking door and gets him to hang around a uh a telephone box instead and this is kind of where we get a bit of a background of sasha. and she is good in this scene oh she, she's great she really does own this scene. absolutely completely agree with you and like this is the thing with nia long is that great actress in kind of being this type of cop like and I'm sure she would be great at a cop with different layers. You know, we talked about Cruz having layers last week, but there's not really that many layers to Sasha. But I think Nia Long does this very well. So, you know, she's she kind yes. of... And I think the thing that always comes out with Sasha that I will say is that she's got this line of that she's very nice, she's very personable, she's very friendly. But when she gets, like, angry and wants to stand up for herself, she, like, she comes out of it. So I oh, think... She, oh, yeah. And she kind of just has this way about of doing it that it's it's so good. So, yeah, I completely agree with you. She owns this scene and kind of... We get back in the car now and uh, we learn that her sister had a child, um, what, at 15, 16, and now she's helping raise a kid mm-hmm. and that her kid sister's going to be going back to college. Um, and this is where obviously, uh, they have a bit of a bond and talking about, um, sort of comparisons to Emily, you know, Yokus is working on getting closer with her daughter and, uh, you know, Munro obviously being nice enough here, you know, I didn't mean to scare you with this, but it's, it's kind of one of these transitional scenes where, as I said before, the main character, they need a bit of advice from a third party that isn't somebody that we already know who just happens to be going through the same thing. So... Um, yeah. Yeah. But one thing, they, they do kind of revisit this a little bit more with Sasha, don't they, moving forward? Like, we get a little bit more around her sister and her niece moving forward, I believe. Yes, yes. I, I think so. Yeah. So, um, we will have a bit more on that in the continuity stakes um, moving forward. Uh, Bosco and Cruz still watching Willie. Uh, a guy shows up on a motorbike. He slaps him, and they just keep following him. Carlos and Kim are having a conversation. Um... Carlos says, every time I ditched a date, they at least got a phone call. Uh, I do like the little moment between Kim and Carlos when Kim's like, oh, thanks for standing up for me. And Carlos was like, oh, it was pretty good, wasn't it? And it's like, yeah, it was. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, kind of uh, fun thing. Because Kim, I guess, here is essentially working out, should she go out on another date with Aaron? And this is then intertwined with Yokus, uh, sorry, Bosco and Cruz following Willie into a building uh, with this other guy with his shots fired. They go inside. Willie is dead. The other guy's done a runner. And who is it? It's Noble. Noble's got a gun. Um, so, uh-oh, what's going to happen here? This is where Cruz really Ooh. starts to play with fire. She essentially lets Aaron go because um, she wants to keep Aaron as a connection still to helping them find Buford. Bosco wants to call it in, but Cruz doesn't allow it. Aaron runs away with the gun that he's shot them with, and then they have to kind of concoct a little plan here 
of how they're going to get away with everything. Um, and, yeah, Cruz and Bosco get into a big fight. Boss, great acting here by both of them. Sort of Jason Wiles, really, yes. you know, this desperation of Bosco here. Uh, Cruz rings in a false description, and uh, essentially this is going to lead to some good conflict between the two. So this, this is it. This is really now where Yoko is really this playing. Is Bo- oh, sorry, not Yoko. Cruz is really playing with that fire right now. Yep, and this one Bosco is like, and and this one Bosco, you know, starts to realize, holy shit, is that who this woman really is? Yeah, and I think that's a lot of us. What we're watching this is also thinking right now. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's again just uh, y- you can't get better actors to really do this right now as well. This desperation and right. everything around it. Um, so yeah, it's 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 going to be setting up some interestingly juicy stuff uh interestingly juicy stuff moving forward um meanwhile yokus and sasha show up um sasha kind of just listens to Cruz. Cruz yells at yokus uh tells her to put some damn tape up or something uh and i do like the fact when she's like did you hear me officer and then yokus just shines the flashlight into Cruz's face and it's like i oh, know i heard you loud and clear um Cruz then lies to the detectives <laughs> Uh, Cruz puts Bosco's name in it, saying that it was Bosco who saw, uh, this guy run off, a Latino guy called Stevie. Bosco, looking shocked, just says that's about how it happens. Um, so again, Cruz covering a base as well here to put Bosco in it, which is going to play a little bit of a part moving forward as well. Um, yeah, and, yeah. And I love, I love, and maybe we're getting to it, but I love Sasha's line about, about about Cruz, the way she describes her, it's like very very accurate. Yeah, and it's, like uh, I, I yeah I agree with you. I like the fact that we kind of have that bit of a background history where she knows a bit about Cruz and everything. And uh, I I don't think it's quite yet here, but Cruz is obviously uh, uh sorry Sasha is basically saying that like I just keep my nose out of other people's business and just you know I just stay out of it when I can. That's what I've learned to do. Um, Kim, meanwhile, whereas Cruz has to be in everything. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, meanwhile, Kim rings up Noble. Uh, he's obviously a little bit still shell-shocked. He's walked away uh, from this shooting, and uh, Kim wants to see him. Finds out that there's no tables at Rayo's, and uh, they're going to meet at the hotel restaurant where Noble is saying the Melrose. Uh, Kim says, I've heard of that. And again, I've written here, is this the same hotel where she was, like, two nights ago? <laughs> like, um, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just, little subtle things that I guess you kind of notice, but I mean, again, it could be easily explained. Maybe I'm over analyzing it here, but I, I just, I, I really do think that she met him in his hotel like two episodes ago. So, um, obviously she ended up back at her house with Noble, uh, when they had sex the first time. But, um, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you think there's any other way you could explain this? No, not really. Yeah, anyway. But, uh, they're going to be seeing each other tonight. Good for them. Um, this is where, oh, I do like the way Kim sort of jumps up all happily, like when she gets on the phone, off the phone. Uh, this is where Sasha is bagging out Cruz, as you mentioned. Uh, Yokus is sort of questioning, like, does everything there seem okay to you? Um, she mentions to Monroe that, um, her and Bosco used to be partners. Sasha obviously knows. And this is where Sasha says, I don't stick my nose where it doesn't belong. And Yoka's having a bit of a stare down with Bosco. Um, Bosco drives off with Cruz. He slams on the brakes. And, uh, has another argument here with Cruz. Um, Cruz telling him to calm down, saying that they will never find this person. It's a generic description. And, um, 
Yokus, uh, I keep saying Yokus, Cruz tells him that they will never find them, they'll never believe them, um, and that um, she's basically defending the fact that she let Noble go because he is our ticket to catching the bigger fish. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, again, like, just, I do like the way that Bossy kind of slams on the brakes and his desperation from him because, you know, he's really now, he's in it. He's in the shit, isn't he? Yeah, he's like, he's like, oh my God, what, what have I, what did I, okay, I'm going to say it like this, what did I fuck my way into? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's probably what he's thinking. Uh, we're back with Kim. Kim shows up at the hotel. Um, he asked for a reservation for, she asked for a reservation for Noble at the restaurant. The waitress or the, uh, I guess the maitre d' or wherever she is, uh, says there's no reservation, but he's a guest at the hotel. Should I call him? Grant security there. Um, then she straight away says he's a guest at the hotel. So if I walk up to like a fancy hotel in New York and go, hi, I believe Britney Spears has a table here waiting for me. Oh no, but she's a guest in the hotel. Shall I call her down? Okay. <laughs> don't celebrities put hey, pseudonyms and fake names hey i i wouldn't i wouldn't complain <laughs> um i i i, I mean if, they, if, it, if it was that if it was that easy hey i wouldn't complain yeah but I, I think it's kind of one of these ones where these celebrities put in the name like you know homer simpson and things like that as they check in with them um but just as kim's about to leave Noble comes down into the lobby and uh, takes takes it away. Apparently, has a usual table, um, which they want something a little bit more private um, this time around. Uh, meanwhile, yep. meanwhile, back at the precinct, guess who they found? Darvell, they found Stevie. They found Stevie. This ra- random, random Stevie guy. Random Stevie guy who apparently is going on about a writer being there, and that they showed up and a writer started shooting, and he did a runner. And uh, this detective is basically like, oh, you know, this sounds all mysterious, trying to pin it on someone else. This is pretty easy. Uh, Bosco basically just looks at Cruz and is like, you're kidding me? Um, they go outside. Bosco and Cruz still yelling at each other, having a go. Um, Cruz is saying that they have to stick to the story. Uh, otherwise, they'll go to jail. And that every single case that they've ever uh, finished will come into question. And they've got to stick to the story. So, again, poor old Bosco here is just realizing just how deep, again, he's still in it. And Cruz, I, I, I like the desperation with Cruz, though, because you see desperation with Cruz here as well. And this is kind of, I think, what really happens between now and the end it's, of this season is Cruz's desperation. And it's partially, well, I mean, it really wasn't much of a spoiler because we know about, you know, animals' connection to all this. Um, but, it, I mean, it's... I know I'm stating the obvious here, but, I mean, it's obvious that she wants to... A big part of her motivation is because of her sister. Yeah. Because of Letty. And it makes me wonder, you know, if Letty had never been an element in this, would she have been this desperate? And th- And would she be willing to potentially... And I say potentially, would she be willing to potentially send and send someone to prison for a crime he didn't commit? Uh, look, I almost would say yes, because I think that's just the type of cop she is. Um, that she kind of, once she gets started on something, she wants to finish it and she wants to get the right result. And she just, again, is that type of cop who's going to do no matter what, it, whatever it takes to get that achievement. So, yeah, I think she would. I think the element of her sister, though, is obviously fueling it a little bit more so um yeah 
I think that she would. I, I would find it interesting, though, that, like, obviously we've got Bosco working with her right now, so this is the perspective we're seeing. But, you know, if, if this is her working with Dade or, you know, somebody else, you know, does do they question her as much? Like, if this is what she's like, no. how, how often... No, Dade... Dade, Dade doesn't question her. He's, he's, he's way too, shall we say, passive mm. on that. Yeah, well, Dade, Dade would never question her. He just, you wonder how much she's gotten away with over the years that she's sort of, you know, trying this out and it's finally Bosco who sort of, I guess, calls her out on it, essentially. Um, yeah. Emily and Yokus, yay. Um, there's a kiss involved. She says, I'm never leaving. I'll always love you. Um, Fred says that was nice. Um, they talk about how they were having sex when they were that age. Um, and then we've got to trust her. We have put on a united front. Cool. Um, Bosco shows up. Fred gets all snappy with him. Us. It's a little bit earlier. Early, isn't it? Uh, he then talks to Yokus and um, essentially says that he's in a bad place. Uh, and that he needs advice. Uh, Yoka says... Yokus basically says, go fuck yourself. Well, Yoka says he knows, uh, he obviously needs help, that's why he's there, and, um, he said, she says that you'd tell me to mind my own business if I was questioning this, so good luck, and closes, yeah, the door on his face. So, um, really a boiling point between these two when she's not even willing to mm-hmm. help him out, obviously. Um, meanwhile, Noble and Kim... Uh, wake up the next morning uh, in the hotel with great views of the city. Noble's on his about 10th cup of coffee. Kim talking about how much she needed this. Uh, look, I, I kind of joked last week about how Kim said, you know, oh, it's serious and they've had one date. This is their second date. And you can tell, obviously, that Kim sort of is very happy with the situation. Look, we've all been in situations where we've had dates or sort of met someone and... Even if it's yeah. a couple of days, it, it feels like it's been a lot more and it feels like, you know, it's a huge connection. So I do like the way Kim yeah, sort that's, of... Because that's the whirlwind stage. Yeah, I do like how Kim sort of says here, like, you know, I didn't know I needed this, but I needed this. So it kind of, you know, it's a good little perspective there from Kim. Um, mm-hmm. Noble gets a phone call, finds out that there's people coming up with badges. I, I, I The only thing I don't get about this whole situation is kind of like... It's not like Noble says to Kim, like, oh, go wait on the balcony. I'll be here a few minutes. Kim kind of just hears a phone call, doesn't question it, and goes and waits outside while these people show up. Like, talk about convenience. Like, surely she could have easily just been on the bed still or just whatever. Because, you know, I guess the whole thing here is that she obviously knows Cruz. Well, she knows Bosco. I don't know if she knows Cruz. Um, and kind of Cruz and Bosco come up here to question Noble and they see Kim out in the balcony. So it's kind of like, oh, look, they know each other, but they never know who's really there. Um, so... Oh, man, it kind of makes you wonder if they knew that that... If they knew that that was Kim out there, how would they have... Yeah, it would have been interesting to see. How would they have responded to to that? So, they want an address to find out more about Buford. Um, we kind of hear this line about two bags, cruise, uh, where Noble sort of wants a hit. And this is kind of the first time, too, that we see Noble sort of addicted to drugs. I mean, kind of... We've, I think we've been a bit on the fence with Noble, really, at this point, haven't we? That kind of, we know he's kind of into Kim, so we like him. Kim's into him as well. But then he's obviously got, you know, a past here where he's researching for a book, but he's got himself a bit immersed too much in this culture. And he'll talk a little bit about that next episode, of course, where he's, you know, immersing himself in the culture. He has to sort of do it. So that's why he's excusing himself for getting addicted to drugs. But 
she essentially loosely says to him that he will get some drugs off her if they get this address, uh, which is interesting. Um, and then sort of as they, yeah. Cruz and Bosco get ready to go into this uh, place to raid it with the address, uh, we hear a little bit more here about Cruz and kind of what she read in the notebook about her reputation, about two bags Cruz, as I said, that she's happy to, you know, drop a couple of uh, bags of drugs to some people in order to get what she wants. And this is kind of where she obviously talks a little bit about this stuff, about her sister, about Letty, about how she obviously was, uh, you know, passed around Letty or whatever she called her. She doesn't want anyone else seeing that about her sister. Uh, this then leads them to run out of the car. They rush towards the door with their guns held. Uh, Cruz says, don't ever go snooping at my place again. Bosco says, I won't ever be there again. She says, even better. They count to two. They bang through the door. And then we get an ending to an episode, which I really don't like. It's super cheesy and it annoys me that they break through the door. They point their guns and it kind of freeze frames on them. And then it ends the episode. It doesn't say to be continued or anything. It's just this weird freeze frame. And then that's the end of the episode. It's cheesy. I don't like it. But at least it's setting us up to something. Yeah, it would have been better. It would have been better if it had said to be continued. It's not even to be continued. I don't think that would make it any different i just don't like like i think what they should do is just have them going one two and then we hear like a kicking in the door sound and fade to black that to me adds attention to it not this weird freeze shot of them like it's dumb i don't like it but uh yeah yeah. anything you want to add sort of on these closing bits there or the notebook or anything like that nope nope so yeah well that's our penultimate episode then of season four that is of course closing in um, what are we doing with the review of um, this one? I'm gonna, I think I'm, I think, mm, let me think for a minute. I'm gonna have to give it another rent. Yep, I agree. Definitely another rent. Um, I just, as I said before, I think it's kind of very much similar to last week. There's nothing groundbreaking. It's kind of here, it's there, it's whatever it is. Uh, and in terms of my ranking overall, uh, I think that's reflected of it. I've actually got this lower than last week by a few spots. I've got this 80th right now out of 88 episodes um, that is still in the rent category. So, yeah, this is kind of going to be in that sort of lower quarter of episodes. Not terrible, but not brilliant. So, yeah, yeah there it is. But that leads us into next week. The Price of Nobility. Uh, now, I'm just going to say this right now. Much, much better episode. Oh, this is a good episode. I always forget that this episode is as good as it is. And I think I've said, like, probably every single season finale we've had so far, oh, this is the best season finale we've had. This is the best season finale we've had. Um, I'm going to say this right now. I think this might be the best season finale of Third Watch. Um, it's definitely between this and season two, I would say. I mean... Season three is a good finale, but, um, yeah, I, I, I've definitely got this, uh, spoiler alert as the highest on my rankings I'm looking at here right now, um, as the finale. So I've actually even got Blackout ahead of Anzus Wept. There you go. I'm just looking at my rankings. But, um, I think this is definitely one of those ones. Every time I watch it, the more and more I appreciate it. And there, there's some definitely right. some cliche cheesiness to this episode, but it's done in a way that works. And, Probably the best cliffhanger we ever get of Third Watch. Um, just saying that now. Um, yeah, if you don't if you don't count the cliffhanger at the end of season five. Ah, uh, this this is way better than season five cliffhanger. I'm sorry, the season five cliffhanger. I have lots of issues with that. Um, whereas this one, really? it works. So, and even then though, again, it's cheesy. Because it's so tense. Yeah. And I remember watching this live and kind of storming out of the room going like, what the hell? What the hell? I want to see what happens now. Um, Especially at that time, 
at that time, it wasn't at the time of the season four finale. From what I've from what I've heard, it wasn't known if that. Well, we've pretty much established this that they never knew if they were going to come back or not. So yeah, yeah. So I mean, that, this uh, could have this could have been the finale. So we could have easily just never had a conclusion of this. But the the other thing too is it's an emotional episode, and I think kind of we get a we get some firefighting paramedic storylines too, which really do almost take over the episode in many aspects. I think, um, and I think. We're obviously going to lose a character, we're going to lose a major character uh, next week. So, uh, you know, stay tuned for that. Um, and yeah, some very interesting and stuff. And lots to talk of thi- about. lots of things to discuss, lots of things to discuss regarding that particular scene, yeah. too. So that is The Price of Nobility. Uh, it's a good one next week. Tune in for that. The season finale of season four. Hard to believe here we are uh, at the end of season four. We're really uh, pushing our way through these episodes. But in the meantime, you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe on all the podcast channels, leave us some feedback, and uh, we do appreciate all the support that you're giving us and you listening to these episodes, no matter where you are on this great planet of Earth. My name is Ben, and yes, yes, the power of man is here, all wrapped in gold leaf and floating everywhere. Boo! <coughs> My, my name's Darvell, and I don't think I can follow that up with anything, so I'll just say what I usually say. See you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.